11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Amen. This week and next week, we'll complete our series called Gather, Grow, and Go as we prepare to go into the Gospel of John, which we'll be in for a while. And what we're doing in this series, Gather, Grow, Go, is we're going to the Bible to find foundational texts that teach us what the church is called to do. We know King Street Church exists to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And we saw a piece of that um, two weeks ago in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. That was a passage all about our identity as God's people and how that relates to our purpose as God's people. The passage said that we're a chosen race, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That's our identity. So that purpose, we might proclaim the excellencies of God. So that's our identity as God's people linked to our purpose as glorifiers of God. And that's just one text of many to show the great purpose as God's people to glorify him and enjoy him forever. And what we've done as a church is we've married that overall purpose with the great commandments and the great commission in scripture. It just adds more meat to the bones, gives us more direction. If we want to glorify God, if we want to enjoy him forever, what better way to do that than to take seriously what Jesus called the greatest two commandments and what he gave as the great commission to the church? So when we put it all together, we get this. We exist to glorify God and enjoy him forever by loving God, loving others, and making disciples. Then we took uh, took a turn last week to begin asking a very important question. How are we going to grow in loving God and loving others and making disciples, all for his glory and our enjoyment of him? As members in this church... What do we do together on a regular basis that God will use to grow us in that way? And we've tried to summarize that as a church body. We gather together in worship. We grow together in meaningful relationships. And we go together on mission. Gather, grow, go. And we're using this brief series to dive into foundational passages in the Bible that have 
not only rocked us to the core or should, but it has made it clear that we should devote ourselves to those things, to gathering together, growing together, going together. Last week was all about gathering together. We saw in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, that gathering with the church is a command from God. But it's not a random and arbitrary command. It's a command for our benefit. It's a command for our joy. We saw that we should not neglect to gather together, that we should gather together all the more, and we should gather together all the more with deep consideration for three things. How to exhort one another, how to encourage one another, and how to help each other endure to the end. Which taught us in that passage that exhortation and encouragement and endurance in the Christian life does not come on our own. It comes by way of gathering with the people of God. That's why we gather together. Because it directly impacts how we glorify Him and enjoy Him. And now this week... The title of our sermon is Grow Together, and it's in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Let me read it one more time for us. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith And of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. If you noticed, Paul's using the imagery of a human body. Jesus is the head The church is his body, and we are called to grow. And this is a helpful illustration. Even children, those of you small in stature, this is something that you can easily understand. Because you are bigger today than you were a few years ago. And you'll keep growing until you become an adult. And if you think about mom and dad, at one point in time, they used to be your size. In fact, mom and dad even used to be tiny little newborn babies. And now, if you look at them, they're grown adults. And some of them are really tall. (laughs) They grew, right? And they grew to the size they are because that's what bodies are supposed to do. 
And we know that there's things that we can do to help us grow healthy. So we take care of our bodies. We go to the doctor if we're sick. We get plenty of exercise. We get the sleep that we need in order to recover. And we eat the food that we need to grow strong. In fact, if we have poor nutrition and we don't eat the food that we need, it can stunt our growth. I saw a worldwide estimate the other day that nearly 159 million children under the age of five are shorter than they should be because of chronic malnourishment. So our bodies should grow into full maturity by being nourished properly. And it's the same when it comes to the body of Christ, which is the church. The body of Christ is called to grow from immature childhood into full, healthy, mature adulthood. But the growth of the body of Christ doesn't call for a diet. It calls for one another. The body of Christ grows when all the parts of the body are working together. So here's one way that we could summarize Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. The body of Christ grows as it is united to the head, equipped by the word, and built up by the work of each part. The body of Christ grows as it's united to the head, equipped by the word, and built up by the work of each part. Heart. We grow together. And Christian growth requires the church. No, no matter what part of the body you are, you are a part of the body of Christ if you're a Christian. And the growth that you need and the growth that we need as Christians does not come by living in isolation, but by being connected to the whole body. I mean, a thumb is useful on the hand. And it's not very useful off the hand. The body of Christ grows as it is united to the head, equipped by the word and built up by the work of each part. So we're going to take each section of that. First, looking at the growth of the body and then the head of the body. Then we'll turn our attention to the equippers of the body and then the parts of the body. So the first thing to show you is that this passage is absolutely concerned with the growth of the body. For instance, verse 13 talks about reaching to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So it's talking about the body of Christ growing into an adult until it reaches a complete Christ-like stature. So it's concerned with growth. And then verse 14 says, so that we may no longer be children, which is also about growth because to no longer be a child is to grow up. And then the body of Christ, the church, when it grows up, grows into a mature adult so that we're no longer children. So that's verses 13 and 14 about growth. Here's verses 15 and 16. And they actually use the word grow explicitly. So here's 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way. And here's verse 16. 
from the from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so this passage is using the terminology of growth the church is the body of Christ and the body is called to grow but before we get to how the body grows i want to show you what true growth is we're Jesus' body. So Jesus gets to define what growth looks like. We can't just say that our church is growing unless we're growing in the way that Paul describes in this passage. So here's the first defining mark of growth for the body of Christ. Unity. Look at verses 12 and 13. It says, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. You know, there can be so much individualism in American Christianity where growth becomes primarily about me. But here, the mark of growth is unity. And unity with others can never be achieved if you aren't with others. So verse 13 calls us to grow as the body of Christ until we all, it says, we all attain unity. So our call to grow as God's people is a call to do so together until we are all united in the faith and of our knowledge of the Son of God. There's two things here, unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And the faith here is referring to all the truth that we are called to believe, like the Christian faith. And the knowledge of the Son of God is referring to knowing Jesus truthfully and intimately. It's very tied to what Paul says in Ephesians 2 when he prays that they would know the love that he has for them. So what does this mean? This means the body of Christ grows when we are united in our understanding of what God's word teaches and our intimate, loving relationship with Jesus. If you want to say, has our church grown? You say, have we grown closer in unity over the truth? And have we grown closer in unity in our intimate Walk with Jesus. That means truth matters. Unity requires true understanding about God and his word. Some people think that we should be united no matter what we believe. But God defines growth as attaining unity of the faith. And that doesn't mean we can't disagree now. I mean, the whole point of trying to attain it assumes that we don't have it perfectly right now. So we can disagree over some things as Christians and still love each other and be a part of the same church. But we should be striving to be able to agree on everything the Bible teaches. Because that's how growth is defined here. And one day we will be in agreement. We should want to know and to believe what the Bible teaches about who God is and we should want to help each other to treasure that truth to truly know Jesus by walking with him daily that's a growing church 
A church growing in unity of our rightful understanding of God's word and a loving walk with him. Friends, that's why our statement of faith is so important. It's a summary of all that the Bible teaches. And we may not understand every single part of it perfectly, but what if that's what we work towards? What if we work towards knowing and trusting and treasuring and obeying and being able to teach and show others all that is summarized in our statement of faith and our church covenant? And what if we helped new members or potential members who joined the church to join us in being united in the same way? So the growth that is described here is one of unity. A growing church is a united church. Now here's the other mark of growth in this passage. Christ-likeness. And we know it's growth because Paul calls it mature manhood or mature adulthood. So look at verse 13 again. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. The question is, how does Paul define maturity here? How does he define mature manhood growing into that? Well, the next phrase says, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So mature adulthood as a church and meaning full growth is measured by the fullness of Christ. So imagine a big measuring stick And you know, kids love to stand up next to a door or a wall and have you measure them, potentially even mark it on the wall. So imagine there's a big measuring stick and at the top of it it says fullness of Christ. That's what's written on it. That's what we're growing into. And I love what verse 15 says. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So it says we're growing into Christ, becoming more like him. And it says in every way. So that's total and complete Christ-likeness. Growing as the body of Christ is measured by maturity. Maturity is measured by Christ-likeness. And Christ-likeness is being like Christ in every way. The way he loves, the way he serves the way he speaks truth. As Paul said in Colossians 1.28, him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So is our church growing? The answer to that question is based on two things. Are we growing together in unity of the faith? And are we growing together in Christ-likeness in every way? So that's all for now about what this passage has to say about the growth of the body. Really, we could take six weeks on this one text, but we've got to move on. Now let's look at the head of the body. Now I love what Charles Spurgeon said in one of his sermons. He said he's seen a living man without an arm. He's seen a living man without a leg. He's seen a living man without any arms or any legs but he's never seen a living man without a head. (laughs) Well, the body of Christ also needs a head. And the head is Jesus. 
We have no life without him. Here's verse 15. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So the head is Jesus Christ. And that means at least a couple of things for us. That means first that Jesus rules and governs his church. In fact, in this same letter in Ephesians in chapter 1 verse 22, here's what Paul says. And he put all things under his feet, being Jesus' feet, gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. So Jesus rules and governs the body. In other words, the hand doesn't tell the head what to do. It's the other way around. The legs don't tell the head what to do. It's the other way around. We are not our own. We are Christ's and Christ is our head. So he directs the body. Jesus is not only the goal of our growth, he is the head of the church. He shows us and tells us and teaches us how to grow. But this also means another thing if he's the head of the church. It means that Jesus himself gives us everything we need to grow. So verse 15 says that Jesus is the head. But then in verse 16, it tells us something important about what the head does. I want you to see if you can catch it. This is just one of those times in the Bible where if you miss one or two words, you've you've missed something extremely important. So here's verse 15 going into 16. Verse 15, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom. So we're getting something from the head, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, which when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So all the rest of verse 16 should make us ask, how does the body build itself up, build itself up in love by working properly and being nourished and being held together? Where does it get the strength in the verse Beginning of verse 16 says, from whom, referring back to the head in verse 15. The body does all of this in verse 16, working with strength from the head, Jesus Christ. In fact, Colossians 1.19 is very clear on this. It talks about holding fast to the head, who is Jesus, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. Our growth comes from God. And so a church that is a growing church is a church united to Jesus. It gets its strength from Jesus It gets its hope from Jesus. It gets its nourishment from Jesus. It's life from Jesus. And this is what every true church does and what every true church has. Every true church should recognize that Jesus didn't just die and resurrect and then leave us on our own. Instead, Jesus died and resurrected And now we are united to him as our head and we are his body. 
So he leads us and guides us and helps us and strengthens us and fuels us and nourishes us forevermore. Another way to say it is that a growing church is a dependent church. It's a body that's dependent on the head of the body. It knows we don't grow by our own strength. We don't mature by our own power and our own cool plans and ideas. We get everything that we have from the head of the body. And so very simple question to ask is, do you believe that we have what we need to grow? Are we able to do what verse 16 says? The question is, are we united to the head? And if we are his people, we are. And so Jesus equips us with everything we need to grow. Now I want to say something briefly about the equippers of the body. Because the body needs to be equipped to do what Jesus calls it to do. And God's going to do it. Jesus is going to do it. But he uses means. And Jesus has given gifts to the body to help equip it for the work. And those gifts in this passage are certain people. And they're listed in verse 11. And he gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. These are gifts Jesus gives his church, leaders. And we're really familiar with the shepherds and teachers listed there, so I'll focus on those this morning. These would be pastors of the church. That's what a shepherd is. And the question is, why did Jesus give the church pastors? And then you look at verse 12. So he gave them all these people in verse 11. Verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So the saints are Christians. Those Christians make up the body of Christ. And they're called to be committed to build up the body of Christ to help it grow in unity, to help it grow in Christ-likeness, and to be equipped to do that work, Jesus has given them pastor teachers, shepherds, shepherds who keep watch over the church primarily by teaching, by feeding the flock the word of God. And that's why in the beginning I said the body of Christ grows as it's united to the head and equipped by the word. The pastor teachers are the equippers of the body, but they equip the body by teaching and they teach the word of God. So I have one brief thing to mention on this point. Jesus has designed his body to grow by being equipped by pastor teachers who teach the word. I have no doubt in my mind that you can benefit immensely from reading the Bible on your own, and you should. But this text alone proves that private Bible reading is not enough. This passage shows us that we need to be recipients of the preaching and teaching ministry of qualified pastors in the local church. Jesus wants his body to grow. He knows how his body should grow. And he sees fit to give 
his body, pastor teachers to equip them to grow. So we need to be equipped by pastor teachers in a church. And so let me encourage you as we come in contact with people who are not a part of a Bible preaching church, we need to help them become members of a Bible preaching church. And we have a process for people to join King's Tree Church. So if you know somebody who's been coming for a while now, or someone that you know should be a part of the church body, maybe they're Christians and they've trusted in Christ, but they've never, but they're not a part of a church right now. We have a way to invite them and to show them what it's like to be a part of a Bible preaching church. We have a class, a membership matters class. People can sign up right on the table. That's people's first step to becoming a member of this church and to being equipped by the preaching and teaching ministry of God's word. So let's encourage folks as we get to know them. Ask them, hey, would, would you want to sign up for the membership matters class? It's a very simple question. We can ask someone to help them know one physical step they can do. And if the word of God is working in their hearts, they'll take that simple step. But that also means that if we are members of King Street Church, then we need to be here. We need to commit ourselves to gathering on Sunday mornings because our services on Sunday mornings are centered around the word of God and they lead up to the preaching of the word of God. And so we'll be equipped by the word of God every single week. And that's how Jesus has designed his body to grow. So if we're a member, be a member and be here and be equipped so that we can go and do what Jesus is calling us to do. So we've seen the growth of the body, the head of the body, and the equippers of the body. Now let's talk about the parts of the body. Verse 16 talks about joints. It talks about parts. We saw in Colossians, it talked about ligaments. And we know the anatomy of the human body is complex. All kinds of parts and systems. And so is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is made up of different people who have different gifts, who have different abilities. But each part of the body has a ministry to do. Each part of the body of Christ is called to work their ministry all for the purpose of building up the church. We truly are called to grow together as a body. Verse 12 says the church is equipped for what? For the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. In other words, pastors have a work to do, but they don't do all the work. The pastors equip the whole church because the whole church itself has a ministry to be equipped for. If you are a Christian, you are called to be in a church and you are called to do a ministry. And that ministry is working with all of your might, using the gifts that you've been given to build up the body of Christ. Every single one of us in this church is called to do that. Verse 16 makes it unmistakably clear. The whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
I wonder if you knew that the church grows in unity and Christ-likeness when Jesus uses every part of it, including you. So here's a few thoughts as we prepare to leave, but then live out this text. Number one, everyone in this church has a ministry to do, so do it. As it said in Romans 12, as you've been given gifts, use them. Ask yourself, how am I personally helping members in this church grow in unity of faith and Christ-likeness? How am I helping others know God more fully and follow him more faithfully? We are not, friends, called to sit on the sidelines. We're not called to be consumers who just receive and leave. We all have a ministry to do. There's opportunities to serve on Sunday mornings. There's ways to encourage people throughout the week. You might even have gifts and talents that would bless the church. You're part of the body. So work, as it says, properly for the growth of the body, to build the whole body up in unity and Christ-likeness. Number two, prayerfully and actively discover what your gifts are and use them. Not everyone in this church can do everything. It's a sad reality that in many churches, 10% of the people do 90% of the work. But it should not be this way. In reality, each one of us should be doing the work that God is calling us to do as a part of the whole. And I think one of the greatest joys of following Jesus is discovering how he has specifically gifted us to build up the church. I mean, friend, you have been given spiritual gifts to help the body grow in unity and Christ-likeness. And perhaps as you join a church and attend faithfully and serve somewhere, even if you don't know where at first, but you just plug in somewhere. And as you get to know other people, perhaps you will begin to discover the gifts that God has given you for the purpose of building up the church. I, I think back on my life and most of the gifts in my life were discovered by someone else before they were discovered by me. I lived life with God's people. God's people began to point out ways that he was using me to encourage them. And I often had no idea that some of that was happening until they told me. And so if you're not sure where to plug in, just plug in anyway and serve and love and care and work and help and pray and lead and share and see what God might do as you just live life with his people, as you commit to growing together with the people of God. Here's the last thought when we think about the parts of the body. And it's just the very obvious truth that with all these different parts going on, we are called to grow together. Many, if not most of the passages about growth in the Bible are corporate, not just individual. And of course, the church is made up of individuals. So we do individually grow. And as the church is growing, we realize that I'm growing. But oftentimes as we start growing as individuals, it's so that we could help the whole church grow. We're a part of Christ's body. And it's not good or natural for legs to become detached and for arms to become detached and to go missing. 
Each part is called to do its part for the whole. We're called to grow together. And so what are some things that we can do to grow together? Well, we can be here first gathering on Sunday morning and to be here in a meaningful way, to talk with people, to pray with people, to worship. We can come to members' meetings to be a part of what we're doing as a church, to grow together and to help make decisions and to help think through things so that we as a church body can be moving in a way towards unity of faith, towards Christ-likeness. And we can join a community group. Joining a community group is a great way to begin having intentional time with, with God's people throughout the week, talking about the sermon, spending time with one another, encouraging one another. That's a great way to start to see how God might be using you to help these people in this room to grow in their faith. We're called to grow together. So friends, as we've seen so far, we exist to glorify God and to enjoy him forever by loving God, loving others, and making disciples. So we devote ourselves to gathering together and growing together. And the body of Christ grows as it is united to the head, equipped by the word, and built up by the work of each part.